It's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy opening day on the Just Baseball Show. Again, us three would not miss this episode. Jack, Peter, Aram. Today is opening day, Thursday, March 30th. We got 15 games that matter on the schedule, and that feels really good to say. Yeah, yeah. it's opening day, which should be a national holiday. We've talked about this already, but I'm going to keep bringing it up. You should be able to stay home from school. You should be able to stay home from work and turn on the TV and watch baseball from 1 p.m. Eastern to midnight when probably Shohei is pitching against the A's, which the A's might win, weirdly, because they sometimes take games from Otani. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you pretty much like one thing to watch and pick a winner for every single game. This is a Just Baseball show. It is presented by BetMGM, officially exciting Ooh. stuff. And uh, we, we can't wait to be bringing you all of this action as we come through the baseball season, through 162, and we crown a champion in October or early November, depending on how long our series go. Um, so we're going to almost go rapid fire through each game. We want to give every fan base the pub because unfortunately a week or two into the season, some teams drift into obscurity, never to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I love this part of the season. You can just like pretend that everyone's in it for a little bit. Right. Except Oakland. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretending every team's in it right now. Like these, these are must win ball games uh, opening day. It's, this is must win for Oakland to keep the season alive. Uh, it's a tough one against Otani. So like that, that's the fun thing though. There, there's like this, this budding optimism, even for the teams that might be, might be a little bit mediocre, but also there's just this un, unknown, right? We, we stand on this podcast. We, we talk all the time about what we think might happen. And of course, Things happen differently. Some things we're right about. Some things we're wrong about. But that's why we play the season. Uh, but what I love so much is like this feeling of you're about to embark into it's like almost a movie's about to start, right? Like you're about to embark into the unknown of like what's going to happen this year. There's going to be amazing things. There's going to be disappointing things. There's going to be everything in between. And we're about to experience it. It's just a clean slate. But Opening- um, sometimes we think and sometimes we know a season's over. The Yankees signed Franchi Cordero to a minor league and major league deal. Oh, it's a wrap. So we know the season's over. For everybody oh, it's else, a it's going to be a great year. But we know that. That's Yeah, it's a wrap. Okay, that I didn't realize that. So 29 teams start their season yes. tomorrow or today. Correct. Exactly. Before we jump into the schedule, Aram, I know that you had a, a ritual for opening day growing up. Peter, did you have one? Aram, explain yours first, and then if – you know, you have a favorite memory from an opening day, Peter. I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I'll shout out my 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 pops on this one because uh, you know, I don't I don't know if I've been to an opening day honestly since since my dad passed. Like, I watched him from home. It was tough because he used to he used to take me, pick me up from school, 
Um, it was, I hated school, man. Like that's, that's something I'll be very, very open about how much I hated school. So opening day, it was like two for one. I get to get out of this bitch early. And I yeah. also get to, to go to a game with my dad. He'd have my Miguel Cabrera jersey waiting for me in the back of the car. We'd go drive, we'd get there. And there's something about like the intros, the player intros, even in the football stadium, at, at, at Dolphin Stadium, Landshark, Joe Robbie, whatever it was that year. Um, it, it just, it would just get me going. And I don't know, just the feeling of being there with my dad, like sharing that experience with him every single year. Like I knew what was going to happen. I knew what to look forward to. Um, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So now when it comes back around, I, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm really excited about it and it, it kind of keeps me close to him. Um, not to get heavy, but like a week ago was, was six years since I lost my dad. And it was right at the end of the WBC, yeah. uh, which was really special. Cause we went to that together too. So opening day always has a special spot in my, in my heart. And like with being able to, to kind of talk about it and share it with you guys now and have a new thing to look forward to is, is pretty awesome. And just kind of shows you like the phases and chapters of life, but it wouldn't be important to me like this if it weren't for my pops. Well, and I love that it's a happy moment for you too. You know what I mean? Because it, it could turn sour and you could be, you know, yeah, that could be a day where you get very sad, but I, I love that, you know, you are genuinely, you know, joyful and, and remember him on every opening day, which is you really guys cool. help with that. Thanks. This is the best podcast. This is a blast. I, I just love talking baseball with you guys. And the fact that, you know, this is year, what technically three, but it's kind of like year two three. because year zero, zero, we were really bootstrapping. We're almost 500 episodes we were like in. juggling other jobs. Like just doing our, this. Inside. Exactly. It's our third straight opening day. And I love spending with you guys. And now we just get to talk about each individual game. And one thing that arm said, his whole story is beautiful. And, but the intros is something that really jumps out to me. I love just when the guys are lined up on the field, similar to the WBC, and they're just going through the names with the camera. It's a very, you know, just simple thing, and it may not mean much to a lot of people, but just seeing the guys lined up on opening day, that's why I think it should be a holiday. Uh, opening day is pretty close, obviously, same month to the first round of the NCAA tournament. And the first round of the NCAA tournament is the one where you know, teachers will roll out the TV and let you watch during breaks, right? And it's kind of like a day to half-ass school. Uh, opening day was always kind of like that too. And like, I, I never went to the ballpark at the beginning of that, but uh, I have very fond memories of like middle school and even high school too. Shout out Honors Bio, Miss Hennings, putting up Cubs opening day on on the uh, smart honors. Had to plug the honors. Honors. Yeah. No honors no for me. I hated science. So baseball instead of science was fucking great. And I grew up on the West Coast. So games would start for me at around 10 a.m. instead mm. of the 1 p.m. Eastern. So for me, it would go all day and not just, oh, now it's the afternoon. It's after lunch. Let's watch some baseball. As soon as you wake up in the morning, it's about two hours until game time. And then it lasts. Um, what do you guys think is the best place in the country in terms of a time zone for sports? Central, I hang my hat it's on not close. Central, Central has to be the best because it's not too late. It's not too early. It's right in the middle. I think if you live in the central part of America, you get the best time to watch sports. You live in Central America, the Middle East. Yeah. The yeah. Middle East. Central Central's money. Um, last thing I'll mention too is it, by like the third or fourth year, I went to the same school pre-K to 12. So by the third or fourth year, the teachers started to like catch on to my dad picking me up basically the same day every year. And they just give him dirty looks when he'd come in and just take me out. It was like for baseball, really. Uh, and yes. we would just, yes, yes. And we would just dip. It's uh, and that was that. Christmas. Yes. It's important. Yes. What's I one day of school? 
Yeah. 100%. Um, all right, so here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to introduce the starting pitching matchup for each game. We're going to start with the 1 p.m. slate, then go to the 4, then the 7, then the 10. I think there's only one 7 o'clock game on the schedule, and it is the beast of the pitching matchups on opening day. So we're going to do that. Uh, and then Aram's going to give us the main thing that he's watching, like the one main thing in each game. And then Peter has a really exciting partnership that just baseball has with Ballpark Pal that he's going to dive into on a game-by-game basis. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Ballpark Pal is um, a model. It is a weather predictor, and it can help you with your player props. Uh, our guy, Aaron, he we've been working with him um, since the end of last season, and his model, it takes into account, of course, the weather. Like in some ballparks, the wind might be blowing in, so maybe he'll show value on the under. Maybe it's blowing out show value on the over, you know, he takes all of his data from, you know, savant, whether it be launch angle, exit velocity, it's not the typical, oh, this guy's hitting 300 right now. That means he should get a base hit today. It's all about super, super advanced data. They don't even use general stats. It's, it's just launch angle, exit velocity, spin rates, you know, the angle it comes out of the hand and they simulate the game a thousand times. And it was a really successful model last year and it's only improved. So I'm excited to say, all right, this game is minus 245. Well, the ballpark model says it should be minus 165. So maybe the other team has a better chance of winning than you might think. This wraparound is going to be really fun. Cool. I'm in. It, that sounds like the episode of Black Mirror where they, you know, it, it's the speed dating. You know what I'm talking about? Online dating where they run through a thousand simulations. Did yeah. you guys watch that episode? Yeah, I don't know I if I saw it. that one. I do love Black Mirror, though. Yeah. Peter, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it. It was awesome. Okay. You, Yeah, you scream Black Mirror guy. I know you give yourself shit for not knowing much pop culture, but you are a Black Mirror person. Oh, yeah. Dude, what do I'm you mean? His intro to the last, like, the other podcast was literally a Black Mirror episode. Obelisk? What is it? I'm a big, I'm a big fan of simulations. What, <laughs> what was it? What was the term? What? Obelisk? Rosit? Rokix? Rokos? Basilisk. Rokos Basilisk. Okay. Moving on. Surprise Opening you. Day. Let's start with the first pitch that we may see. We've got two 105 first pitches. Um, one is in DC, one is in New York. Let's start with Braves Nats. It's Max Freed, who Aram picked as his Cy Young quote unquote favorite, who he likes the value for, against Patrick Corbin, who, of course, is starting his Cy Young campaign on his own. <laughs> um, obviously, this leans Atlanta because that lineup is so good and Washington isn't. Aram, what you watching in this one? How bad is Patrick Corbin? Yep. Like that that's really it for me. Um that and, and and on the serious side, how does Orlando RC look at shortstop? Yeah. That that that's the number one thing. Honestly, I, I went and watched some spring training stuff. RC is moving well, uh, you know. So the same reason why we talked about Von Grissom, you know, and, and how Ron Washington can help him, and I think he did. He just ultimately wasn't quite ready. Maybe a veteran Orlando Arcia saw even more gains by working with a Ron Washington. So I want to see how the shortstop position looks. And then I want to see what Pat Corbin looks like. It's a clean slate, buddy. I hope he performs. I, I like we joke about him a lot. It's it's tough to watch him struggle perpetually. Uh, so hopefully he comes out maybe looking a little different this year. Maybe he drops the arm angle down uh, and, and messes around a little bit. But uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he looks. Cool. What's the data looking like, Pete? 
Yeah, the line on BetMGM, we're looking at minus 250. So you'd have to lay, for round number's sake, $250 to win $100 if you want to bet on the Braves' money line. And just so everybody knows, this ballpark pal model will be available on JustBaseball.com, so you can follow along with us maybe as you listen or for any other game as we continue the season. The final score prediction is 4-3, to three, Atlanta over um, the Nationals. So there's value on the under, and they say the Nationals can keep this one close. I'm not so sure this is a game where I wouldn't say you should bet on the under, considering we really have no idea what we're going to get from Patrick Corbin. But at least the early model likes him slightly. But I would still take the Braves, and I wouldn't touch the total. It's a game that you shouldn't bet. But give me the Braves to win this one. Arm, what do you think? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty hard to, to pick Pat Corbin against the Braves and Max Freed. Um, you know, but opening day is always such a crapshoot. So that's why I'm excited to see how it goes. Jack? Yeah. I guess I'm going to go Atlanta because I think Pat Corbin sucks and I think Max Freed is really good. Um, also, Matt Olson is sneaky an 800 OPS guy against lefties. And then you think about the other notable bats at the top of that order. Austin Riley is right-handed. Ronald Acuna Jr. is right-handed. So I like them against a lefty. Uh, other 105 first pitch is in New York, and that's Logan Webb and the Giants visiting Garrett Cole and the Yankees, two guys that I think can contend for Cy Youngs in their respective leagues. I think that this is going to be an awesome pitching matchup. It's probably going to be pretty cold, right? Which is advantage pitchers. Not a lot of runs, I assume. Yeah, Arm, what are you watching for? I think I want to see I want to see what Garrett Cole looks like in terms of like, does he have that same fire we saw in the postseason? Because we talked about the rotation situation going into the year, like, Okay, the big focus is put less pressure on Garrett Cole. Like he doesn't have to be the one guy that's really carrying them when when injuries happen. And all of a sudden they're injured, and Garrett Cole is the one guy you're looking forward to every time around the rotation. So I want to see like what level of intensity they get from Garrett Cole. And then honestly, Michael Conforto. I just want to see what Michael Conforto looks like. I feel like I haven't seen him hit a baseball in five years. So I'm just interested to see how he looks. So uh it should be fun. Yeah, you guys are right. The model predicts a really low scoring game. Two um, one. The weather. Um, the, it's three and a half to two point seven. Um, so obviously, the, you know, there's a bunch of data associated. It's not going to finish with two point seven runs, but I guess if you could round up to three, they're calling this a pretty close game. Big pitchers duel. Um, plenty of value on the under. They put the line at five and a half, and the line is at seven on BetMGM. So that is something to watch out for. The one thing I'm really excited to see is Logan Webb in as a ground ball pitcher without the shift that the Giants use as much as any other team in Major League Baseball. Do a couple more base hits, squeak by, and the Yankees end up getting the win. I ultimately think that the Yankees do because I don't think the Giants are going to hit much. So I would take the Yankees and I would take a strong look at the under. Fair. Um, I just need to see if Franchi Cordero gets an at-bat or not. That, yeah. That's the latest Jeff Passan report that yeah. Franchi agreed to the Nick Anderson deal. I think it's 185 if he's a minor leaguer and a million buckaroos if he's a major leaguer. Shout out Great Franchi, deal. baby. Good um, for Franchi, man. Good for Franchi. I right, 210 at Fenway. The Orioles and the Red Sox. Kyle Gibson, Corey Kluber, fart noises for this one. I don't know if I'll watch a single pitch of this game. Aram, what are you going to do? The kids would call this a mid-off, right? Um, <laughs> battle of mid. The battle of mid. Um, I'm I'm looking at just like, honestly, I think I am going to put it on because I think it's going to be a laser show, especially in Boston. I want to I see runs, man. I want to see runs. I want to see if Corey Kluber can break 86. 
Uh, and I want to see if Kyle Gibson can keep the ball in the yard against what is still a good Red Sox offense. I, I don't know if it's like a super square bet, so I'm interested to hear what Peter says. But like nine runs, I'm kind of all over the over, assuming it's not like cold as hell there. That might be the one variable, which is why Ballpark Pal is very helpful. It's really helpful, and it's actually is calling for a pretty cool day. Uh, the score prediction is 4.02 to 4.02 they have the line as an exact <laughs> pick them with slight value on the under they have the line the line at eight but then again it's tied so some teams got to win so it would be around eight or nine it looks like a game where um the red sox should be a slight slight favorite um it's a tough game i would actually lean towards the orioles Corey kluber has not looked very good in spring training and I think the Orioles' defense combined with their offense is a slightly better unit than the Red Sox right now. I would think the Orioles end up winning this game 5-4. to four. Can I make one prediction? Absolutely. This game has a catastrophic pitch clock enforcement. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that's my that, – I just this game's screaming it to me. Like Kenley Jansen in the ninth, um, game-altering yeah. – game-altering ball call here in, in a big count. That's my prediction on this game. And that's honestly one of the things I want to watch. How does Kenley handle the timer? I love that. I love that too. I'm going to go with Felix Bautista closing out this game for save number one of 140 saves for him this year. I like that. Um, all right, 220 at Wrigley. Corbin Burns gets the ball for Milwaukee. The revenge tour starts now against Marcus Stroman um, of Team Puerto Rico fame. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting because we know that Stroman shows up for the big event in terms of regular season baseball doesn't get much bigger than than opening day at Wrigley Field so I think that he will kind of ball out here but I think Corbin Burns is going to be pitching angry this year and that is scary to think about I think he's going to carve this Cubs lineup I think so like I, I think Eric Hosmer is going to break a bat um maybe two uh, but no, I, I, I would be all over the Brewers if it weren't for exactly what you said. And I am interested to see how Marcus Stroman kind of, you know, rides that adrenaline that he showed. He was awesome when, when the three of us were watching him in that world baseball classic, he was walking out of the game, you know, really giving it up to the fans. It was pretty cool. And, you know, I'm not a big Stroman fan. Um, and he isn't a fan of mine. Doesn't know I exist, but he blocks me. Um, so I, I would say he knows you exist. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't I don't even think he read my name. He just saw what I said and blocked me. Like, no shot he knows I exist. It's just just block. Um, which by the way, it was because I made a joke about him tweeting his highlights after he lost. Um, so that might be my, what I want to watch here. Does he tweet his highlights after they lose? Uh, but that said, I, I do think Strowman's gonna throw well. I'm interested to see what an angry Corbin Burns looks like. And and I just I, I think that's the the thing I really want to see is how good can these two guys throw? I don't know what the what the uh, wind prediction is, Peter, but like I love an under in this one. Yeah, definite value on the under. Um, they have the line around six, and the line is at seven and a half, so they're seeing value on the under. But they make the Cubs a slight favorite, which I find very interesting. Uh, the model, I guess, really likes Stroman to pitch really well. Um, it's around 3.3 to 3.2 on the score, so it's very close. But considering that the Cubs are about a plus 130 underdog, on BetMGM, it is showing some value there. Um, I agree with you guys. I think Stroman is going to shove. I think Corbin Burns is going to shove. I think the best bet in this game is the under. And I hopefully – are we going to see Javier Assad come out of the bullpen after Stroman, similar to the so. BBC, and throw That'd four be sick. innings? That'd be sick. I would love to see that. Yeah, I, I honestly think that I – 
I don't know. I guess I lean Cubs here. I do too. Weird as it I think the Cubs have a shot. I mean, they're at home. It's Wrigley Field. Like, it's Wrigley Field like opening day. Just happen. And it's like, it could be Jacob DeGrom. It could be Corbin Burns. It kind of doesn't matter. The Cubs just win that game and then they lose three Dude. straight and then they're one and three or something like that. I, I think if you were to power rank the quality of baseball at the end of opening day, the Cubs are, this Cubs Brewers game is going to be in the top three. Like, I think Love the baseball game. is going to be great here. Love this game. So, all right. Uh, 310, the only first pitch in the three o'clock window is at the trop. It's Shane McClanahan getting the ball, uh, hoping to regain that Cy Young form he had in the front half of last year against Eduardo Rodriguez, who is present, uh, unlike the second half of last year. So obviously a lot to watch here. Is Erod going to look sharp? Is McClanahan going to look great? Apparently he added a pitch this offseason. What are you watching? I'm watching Erod here. Like I, we, we love the Rays. We've talked about how we feel about them as a team. Um, and, and they're they're kind of a team you kind of watch over a span of time to really appreciate. I just want to see how Erod looks because I think he's he's going to be a bounce back candidate this year. A lot of the time that he missed last year wasn't due to injury; it was due to extenuating circumstances. So I think he looks fresh. I I, I really want to see how Erod pitches against a sneaky tough Rays lineup, and I think he's going to pitch well. So that's that's my big focus. Real quick, I'm really going to watch how Torkelson and Green look against McClanahan because he can make it an incredibly uncomfortable couple of plate appearances for them. If they look comfortable, that immediately gives me confidence in those And two. both have looked good this spring. This is a good test right, right away. I agree. Yeah, it, test doesn't get harder. So BetMGM has the total at six and a half. Um, and most other books have it at seven already. And the model really likes the over at six and a half. And they also think it should be a closer game than the reflected odds around minus 220 on BetMGM. They make the Rays a minus 155 favorite. They have the Rays winning, but in a very close game. Um, I could see the Rays getting to Erod, but at the same time, I could see uh, the Tigers going three runs against McClanahan. Maybe he doesn't have the best day on opening day. Um, but they they think runs are going to be scored. They have a prediction of about eight runs in this game, yeah. um, making the over a decent they love. They, they don't know what Erod's up to yet. They'll, they'll see. They'll see. Do you think a home run against McClanahan? I could see Torque taking him deep, but no. Mm. I, I if you had if I had a gun to my head and said, "Will he <laughs> give up a home run?" I would say no. But I could see Torque maybe putting one out. They yeah. they brought in the fences at Comerica anyway. Uh, this is at the trop. This is at the trop. Never mind. You also got to stop putting guns to your head, man. Um, yeah, I could see a Javi Baez. Javi, 500 feet opposite field off McClanahan. Book it. <laughs> we'll see. It's the third ring in the roof. Yes. Um, what do you think, Arm? Yeah, I mean, I actually I actually think the, the Tigers give them a game. I, I do agree with that. Like, I think they're going to hang in there, but... I think the Rays wear him down, and that Tigers bullpen's a problem. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Rays by one. Well, if Eduardo right. can get to Alex Lang, they're fine. It's just before Alex Lang handed over to Alex Lang. How do you feel about Will Vest for the seventh? Um, tough. All right, we're gonna go to Arlington at 4:05 in a moment. But before that, new partnership with So Rare that we got to talk about, and it almost combines the collectibles market, like card collecting and fantasy baseball in this addictive way you said but like in a healthy addictive way yeah. uh Aram, i think it's your new favorite thing to do right yeah i i already made my lineup 
Am I actually really? I already know I'm going to be doing this all year, but it's free to enter. The link is is in our podcast description. And, and what's cool about it is you get a budget of 120 points. Obviously, the better the player is, the the more points he's going to be. So it, it allows you to be creative and, and kind of select that team, and then you enter a competition for the week. Uh, that free entry like gives you those players that you pick for you know a, a span of time there and. The better they do, the more like XP they accumulate, and then they hit different thresholds. So then they're able to give you more points in different competitions. So like if you pick a player that's going to have a really good season, like I picked Ronald Acuna, if he has a really good week, his card levels up. Now I can enter more difficult competitions. And then if you really want to upgrade your team and pay for it, you can go buy cards. But the cool part is, is it's free to enter. And you, you don't have to spend money, which is awesome to get started and kind of see how it goes. You can win things like merchandise, uh, tickets to games, VIP experiences, all this cool stuff. I'm going to be entering one every single week. So feel free to like DM me and, and send me your lineups and tell me what you're doing and, and ask me any questions. But I see a lot of value in the rookies. Of course, I picked Corbin Carroll. Um, and the, it's kind of based on fantasy score. So, uh, you know, you, you take that same approach. You build a good team. And and I feel pretty good about my squad. Yeah. So the gist is, you know, you've got that budget. It's like the table that you see on Twitter or Instagram where it's like, hey, you have $50, exactly. you know, build this. So y- you've got that certain budget. I saw you went with Otani. Um, and then you also complimented with like a Mike Massey. Mike Massey, cheap, but you think he's going to, you know, collect some base hits and have a decent fantasy score. So it- it's all about balancing it out, um, which-, which is really cool. And that link is uh, in our link tree. Yeah. And then one last little descriptor on it too, like based on how you do in the competition. So I, I enter the prospect competition because I have all base cards. Um, if I do well in this competition, finish in a certain threshold, I get a rare card or like a more rare card, which if you have those, you're allowed to enter more, you know, high stakes, quote unquote competitions where you can win even in bigger and better prizes. So you can kind of climb your way up naturally, which is pretty cool too. Um, Join that prospect competition. See if you can beat me. Uh, I, I did get Acuna. Otani was was steep. So then I had to go more affordable with like Wisniewski and Corbin Carroll and some other guys. So it's fun. You got to get creative. And, and I think it's it, it gives you something to watch uh, when, when you're not watching your favorite team. Peter, are we playing this week or what? Uh, am I playing in the server? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. I was sold that it's free and I can play fantasy baseball for free and then win prizes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Click the link in our link tree and you start going week by week. You create your team and I'm trying to win the whole thing. I'm trying to get tickets on a weekly basis and I can by just playing fantasy baseball for free. Just got, no Peter's got season tickets, basically. Yeah, it's, it's, a no it's an absolute no brainer to click the download button and play fantasy baseball with us for free and win prizes. Like, right, it's, imagine- it's an easy sell here. Imagine getting season tickets just because you know ball. Yeah. <laughs> like that might you be your tickets. Just being smarter than you built yeah. a little bit different than you. I'm and it'll be fun to, to compete, right? Because all fell out of the lineup. Arm will, you will, a bunch of people who listen to the just baseball show will be talking lineups. It's gonna be a great year. Can't wait. Last, yeah. Last thing for me, like obviously we talk about you know the interface and all that and, and how easy it is to play and the cost of that. Um, very superficial thing that I want to highlight. It looks really cool. Like oh, the art great. is sick. Like the visuals yeah. are cool. So, so yeah. And I would say if you're a high roller too, like, and you're like, I, I want to skip the process. Like you can buy cards and, and financially put your team together and then enter yourself into competitions to win. So like, I'm looking at a, at a rare Bryce Harper that's at an auction right now for $271. <laughs> so like there's, there's situations though, where you could 
build a card up though, buy a player, a card of a player that you think is going to ball out. And then if he's balling out, you can sell it and actually make money off of that too. So there's a lot of cool wrinkles to it. You can do free entries, but also you can wheel and deal a little bit. So there's a lot of layers to it that'll never allow you to get bored. The marketplace with a sprinkle of fantasy baseball. And maybe you think about Aaron Nola or Jacob deGrom this week, 405 at Globe Life. This is a pitching matchup that the heavens sent down for us on this lovely Thursday afternoon. Nola, DeGrom in Arlington. The thing that I'm watching personally is what does this Phillies lineup look like? I have no idea what it's going to look like. Is Derek Hall going to start at first on opening day? Like how are, how are they going to fill out the lineup card? How's Rob Thompson going to manage this? Um, that's my thing. Aram, what's yours? Yeah, I mean that's that's a big one, right? What does Rob Thompson look like with with this lineup? And and this is going to be a challenge for him all year, kind of mixing and matching, especially when Harper comes back. This is a big test for a second year manager here, or really first full year manager. My thing though, and it's an obvious one, is what does Jacob Degrom look like, man? I mean that's that's the question, right? Is he gonna and and how much of a leash do they give him? Not in terms of if he struggles, will they leave him in? How many pitches does this guy go? If they pull him out at 75 pitches, like that's, I don't want to say ominous, but it is kind of telling maybe of what they're expecting for him this year or, or what they're expecting from him in the first half. They let him go 100 pitches. It says, hey, we're, we're letting this guy go and we feel good about his health. So I'm interested to one, see how he looks pitching wise and two, how long they let him go. If I'm Rob Thompson, I'm putting Edmundo Sosa at third, Trey Turner at short, Bryson Stott at second, Derek Hall at first. I'm DHing Alec Bohm. I'm putting Schwarber in left, Brandon Marsh in center, and Nick Castellanos in right, and then JT Romuto at catcher. That's how I make the lineup if I'm Rob Thompson. What do you guys think? I like that a lot. Uh, I yeah. like Sosa at third. I was thinking maybe Bohm at first. But... I was thinking Bohm at first, too, it, it, depending on idea. whether he he's comfortable there. I think it would be fine for him, but I, I, I like that lineup, too. Yeah, and I appreciate, like, not putting a third baseman at first on opening day, right? Yeah, if, yeah. Wanting him to do Just this, like – might you well want him to get good at third, right? So he's going to be playing a bunch of third. And if he never gets better, whatever, he's still going to hit. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, the model is showing slight value on the over. They have the line at seven. The line is mostly at six and a half. Um, it's an interesting one. I couldn't disagree more. Like, I think this game is going way under. I think both pitchers are going to have a great day here. Hard to think that Jacob deGrom gives up really anything against this Phillies lineup. And then you have Aaron Nola going against uh, the Rangers, both good teams on offense. That's maybe why the model likes it a little bit more towards the over. Um, they make the Phillies and a plus 101 underdog, and they have the Rangers at minus 101. So the Phillies are showing value here. And I do think that the Phillies end up winning this game and beating Jacob DeGrom. I do think it's funny that DeGrom leaves the division and then starts the season with his new team uh, against the Phillies. Like just the way that worked out is kind of funny The he has given every team in the national league East fits, but at least it's a team that filled with players that have seen him, you know, a decent amount. And yeah. you know, what's interesting too. One of the most profitable pitchers in major league baseball with the past few seasons, I'm not sure if this is updated to this season, but I know this was something last season that Jacob deGrom is the most profitable pitcher to bet against because normally you get like a plus 265 money line. So it's not like a guy that, you know, you have to win at a 60% rate. You win 40% of those games. Because remember those seasons, DeGrom would go 11 and 10 with the Mets. And he was 10 and 9 and won a like, Cy Young. Yeah, exactly. Like, so he's been the most profitable pitcher to bet against. So 
If you see DeGrom on the Rangers this year, don't think he's just winning every game, especially if it's a guy like Aaron Nola with a better Phillies team. For sure. All right. Five first pitches at 410. Start in Cincinnati. Mitch Keller and the Pirates visit Hunter Green, opening day starter, and the Cincinnati Reds. Interesting choice. I think we're all team Lodolo there. I understand the appeal of Green being the opening day starter. Uh, This is an interesting one. I guess my eyes are on Mitch Keller. Like, not does he look like an opening day starter. Does he look like a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball for the Pittsburgh Pirates? And then Green, can he keep the ball in the ballpark is my big question. One thing about Mitch Keller, instituted a sweeper this year. He needs a strikeout pitch. That could be cool for him. And he's touching 130 miles an hour in tread videos, apparently. Yes. Well, and he's sinker slider. He implemented a sinker back half of last year, too, which got a lot better. So if Mitch Keller is a sinker slider guy with Velo, that could spell good things for him. Yeah, I was joking about the uh, the 130 mile an hour fastball, but I wasn't joking about the sweeper. Like, if he can have wipeout pitches, like he's still got good stuff. Like he Thank could he could have potentially a breakout year. Who knows? Because I don't want people to think that I was just joking about a sweeper. He did he did institute that this offseason. Yeah, sweepers play. Sweepers so play. My my thing here is is really just zooming in on Hunter Green, right? I mean, he's must-see TV when he's on. And he was on through six starts to wrap up the season last year, right? Comes back from injury and pitches to a 1.02 ERA over 35 and a third's innings to close out the season, punched out 51 and walked just eight. So not only can he keep the ball in the yard, but is that Hunter Green that we saw in the second half of last year is that the new norm? Is that what we're going to get used to here, um, which we know he can be? I think that's why he got the opening day nod was the way he finished last year and also because it, it's it's a bigger name, right? I think you, you you talk to the Cincinnati fans. The Hunter Green face is more familiar just because of what he has been since he was a prospect and, and just being that kind of generational talent with the arm. Uh, but, yeah, that that's my number one thing I'm looking at is does he look like that guy that had a 1.02 ERA over his last six starts last year? The line is exactly what it should be. Um, the Reds are around a minus 130 favorite on BetMGM, and that's what uh, the model has it as. Um, they have a pretty solid lean towards the under. Uh, they handicapped the game around 7.5, while the current line is 8.5. But it is in Great American Ballpark, which they do account for. So I find it pretty interesting that they like the under here. Um, but I do like the Reds to win this game. That would be my favorite bet in this entire game. I, I assume they like Mitch Keller to keep the ball on the ground often. And I think that they certainly placed some value on Hunter Green carrying a no-hitter into the ninth inning against They Pitch. love Hunter Green. They're projecting Hunter Green as the second most strikeouts of any pitcher uh, on opening day. So you, that could change, right? Maybe the model changes the morning when they find out a new lineup. This is without projected lineup. So it's, it's um these aren't perfect projections, obviously, until opening day when the lineups come out. Worth noting too, it's a fresh hunter green, right? You know, my concern is how does he look in July? You know, yeah. with with some of the arm issues that he's had. Uh this fresh hunter green should be pretty good. But I kind of like the value of the pirates. I think the the pirates could could surprise and, and beat them here. I mean, especially having the ground ball guy on your side here. If they ambush a couple green fastballs, that could be the difference. Yep. All right. 410 in San Diego, 110 Pacific. Blake Snell gets the ball for the Padres against Herman Marquez and the Colorado Rockies. Thing that I'm watching or thing that I'm listening to is to see if Don Orsillo has a voice by the ninth. 
because I think it may be bombs away and he may just be screaming in front of a sellout crowd in San Diego. Might be sellout number one of 81 this year at Petco Park. Oh, yeah. Um, that's probably my number one thing to watch. What does the environment look like? We They, they were making headlines just with like their, their fan fests and all the different little things that they were doing in the offseason. I mean, the Padres are doing it right. And I'm not saying every organization needs to invest a billion dollars into their team, but invest into their team. Uh, that always helps. And we're seeing the Padres reap the rewards there with the interest. I think there's probably has not been more excitement around the Padres maybe ever than there is going into this season, which is really, really fun. So I'm excited to see that. Um, I'm must see TV is, is jerks and Profar's debut as a Rocky. Uh, I'm, I'm just really pumped to see how he looks, you know, in that Jersey Um, and, and a healthy Chris Bryant, but realistically it's, it's again, like there's a lot of, of polarizing pitchers, I guess, in terms of their performance, Blake Snell is, is as much of an up and down guy as we've seen. How does Blake Snell look? That's, that's kind of the most interesting thing to me. Yeah, um, it's not often that the ballpark pal model, when you have a minus 200 favorite, they actually think that's undervalued. Normally, they'll <laughs> lean towards the underdog in a game like this, but they make the line minus 225 when it is minus 200. They give the Padres a 70% chance to win the biggest of any game so far, and they have the Padres scoring the second most runs of any team, even though we're in Petco, which is primarily a pitcher's park. Newsflash, they do not like Herman Marquez. Uh, they think the total is pretty accurate, but they have the Padres really steamrolling them. Okay, fair. Uh, yeah, that's so also going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I will say, though, a lot of righties in that Rockies um, lineup against a lefty like Blake Snell, maybe they get to him a little bit, but I just think the Padres' bats are going to be too much for Herman Marquez. Yeah, I the only guy that I, I truly feel like can outclass Blake Snell when he's on is Chris Bryant in that lineup. So yeah, there are a lot of righties, but like Snell's a really good lefty and those bats are not really good righties. And when Colorado's away from home, the model is going to say fade them. Oh, yeah. game. So yeah, they're a Olivia. horrible road team. Good home team. Horrific road team. Yeah. Uh, also at 410 in the Midwest, Alec Manoa gets the ball in St. Louis uh, against Miles Michaelis. This is Jays, Cardinals. I like this matchup a lot. Wayno is obviously supposed to be the opening day starter. He had a groin strain, so he is not doing this. They have the better pitcher on the mound, IMO, in Michaelis. Uh, so I think that this can be a pitcher's duel. We'll see what Manoa looks like. We'll see if the lowercase X uh, comes into play for Alec Manoa. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is as good of a test as you're going to get, you know, in, in game one, a lineup that will wear you down. So this could be a really big statement game for Manoa. I'm also really just excited to see what this Blue Jays lineup looks like as a whole. Um, it's a test for Michaelis, man. And I'm just excited to see the defense in the outfield. I hope we get some like gappers, some diving plays and stuff like that, because I think that the Blue Jays are going to be regulars on Sports Center top 10 with that outfield. I mean, Springer's a human highlight reel. Kiermaier is the highlight reel. And then Varsho is, is special as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. This was one of my favorite bets is on the Cardinals. Um, and I was already looking at this game because I thought to myself, how, why would the Cardinals be plus 110 at home on opening day? Um, considering that both are ground ball pitchers, but the Cardinals have the better defense. I think you could make the argument that the Cardinals have the better lineup. And considering Manoa's potential issues 
And the model agrees. They have the Cardinals as minus 140 favorites instead of a plus 105, plus 110 underdog. Um, and they think the total is pretty spot on. I'm more than likely going to be on the Cardinals as a dog here. It's It reminds me of the Brewers-Cubs game where you have Wrigley opening day in front of those fans with the perceived worst starting pitcher. So you're getting value on the team at home. I think the Cardinals are the play here. I think they beat the Blue Jays on opening day. What do you think, Arm? I, I mean, that's it's it's a good take there. I, I hear I hear you on that. And then I have that other devil on the other shoulder that's like similar thing to Strowman. It's like Manoa's kind of like built for that. Yeah, you know, like Manoa's on the road, got that in, dog in him. He's kind of got, got that dog in him. So like just lazy, not good analysis of just like Manoa has the dog in him. Like Sometimes he might just works. I watched the video of like them letting, of the Blue Jays letting you know letting Manoa know that he's the opening day starter. You can tell how bad he wanted it. Like it doesn't mean everything all the time. I want it really bad too. But if I went out there, I'd give up forty bombs. So like it, you know, it is going to be interesting to see. But I think Manoa's. I think Manoa hears the regression talk too. Like I think he hears that. He he strikes me as a guy that pays attention to what people yes. are saying. Yes. Uh, he's replied a few times to people. Um, you know, so I, I think he's going to come out there with a chip on his shoulder, but that might not matter uh, given how good this Cardinals offense is. Uh, I think the Cardinals win opening day at home. I don't think Manoa pitches badly, though. I don't think it's I just think they wear him down. Um, and I think Michaelis is, is, is a good arm. Like I thought he looked he good, good in arm. the WBC and the bullpen's fantastic, rested, and they're going to want to win that first game. So I, I go Cardinals. I agree with Peter. I like Jordan Walker to double in his MLB debut, and I like the Cardinals to win. Oh, and then everyone's going to be going nuts. MVP, MVPs yes. on, yes. on the table here for for Jordan Walker after he starts one for three, and then goes zero for his next twenty, and then it's going to be he's a bust, and then he hits again. That's my prediction. Yes, so I think that we're going to be drinking the Jordan Walker Kool Aid by this point uh, today or tomorrow, I guess. Um, all right, Kansas City, also a 4-10 first pitch. Zach Granke gets the ball against Pablo Lopez uh, in the Minnesota Twins. I guess the thing that I'm watching is how often he shakes off pitchcom. Um, I don't know. He's a goofy guy, that's Zach Granke. Yeah, how how weird is Zach Granke going to be? How slow is he going to throw? And then honestly, I'm really interested to see how this Twins lineup looks because I still don't know what they're going to like, how exactly they're going to deploy it. Like there's a lot of different ways that they can mix and match here, um, especially with the outfield, even even in the infield at, at first base. Uh, there's a bunch of different things that they can do. So I'm interested to see how how the lineup looks opening day, um, you know, even substitutions, how, how they handle that. And then how what weird shit Granky's going to do. So what's my gripe with the Twins? They might strike out all the time this year. They're facing a guy that might K five guys per nine. So we'll see them put the ball in play, which will be really interesting. And that's probably why without thinking and without looking at any other analytics, I just go Minnesota to win this. I was looking at the Royals um, ultimately to win this game at the beginning because I saw a very sketchy line. I thought, well, the Royals are plus 110 at home with Zach Greinke against Pablo Lopez. And then I thought to myself, Zach Greinke is a home-type pitcher, loves pitching at home. Now he's back in Kansas City. I would actually – I think I might end up betting on the Royals considering the model makes them a minus-120 favorite instead of plus-125, which you might find on BetMGM. Oh. Um, I think the Twins, they might miss Luis Arise for a little bit. You know, he was a huge table setter for them. 
And I think it's going to be interesting to see who plugs that hole. I do love Jose Miranda. I draft him in fantasy baseball. I'm probably going to draft him in so rare because I think he has a good week, but I think it, it's very similar to the Cardinals game or the Cubs game where the underdog at home with the veteran pitcher end up winning out. Um, will Zach Greinke have a good start next game? Probably not because he'll probably be on the road and he'll probably be tired. But in this game, opening day, returning home to Kansas City, I like that narrative. I assume a lot of people are going to pile on the Twins because they think it's just the better team. And they are the better team. But I think on opening day, give me the Royals. That's That's what I did. The Royals, man. I, I I have no idea what to expect from Granke in this game. He just backs his way into six innings, two runs, though. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Fair. All right. Uh, you're going to be at this one. Max Scherzer and Sandy Alcantara. That is Mets, Marlins. Holy shit. The, the testosterone likes, that's going to be model on the model likes The model likes arms Marlins. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know Sandy's been fantastic at home. Um but the Mets were one of the teams that kind of wore him down last year. So he made three ERA against the Mets. So he, you know, he threw 27 innings and he, but I agree with you. He had some rough starts, but I think most of those were at city. That's fair. So I, I'm really interested to see how Sandy looks. My number one thing I'm watching is what the fuck does this Marlins defense look like? Yeah. Like how bad is it going to be? Like, I want to just see Jazz Chisholm in center. I want to see Arias at second though. He's been fine, but I just, I just want to see, like, I want to see a Joey Wendell to Arias double play. What the hell does that look like? Um, So like, that's what I'm looking at is this Marlins defense. Fortunately, Sandy's a ground ball pitcher, but someone's going to hit a fly ball probably at some point. And I want to see how Jazz Chisholm looks out there. So the defense should be an adventure, and I'm looking forward to that. But then also you're seeing a Hall of Famer against the reigning Cy Young winner, and like, what what else could you ask for from an opening day matchup? Yeah, I can't wait for the Dance Dance Revolution that Jazz Chisholm's going to do on just a fly ball right to him. It's 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 going to be uh, – he, he's going to need a map. Yeah. So the model, model likes the Marlins, and they do pull data from spring training, but I don't think they've properly accounted for what the defense is going to look like opening day with a guy like Sandy, whose job is not to strike out everybody under the sun, but it's to allow soft contact, put the ball in play, lower the pitch count. So it does have the Marlins as a slight favorite at minus 105 compared to plus 110 on BetMGM, um, and they think the total is pretty spot on. Um, so in my opinion... This is an absolute no bet for me, um, but arms going to be there. It's opening day. Give me the Marlins to win the game. Will I bet on it? No. Am I rooting for arms Marlins? Absolutely. I'll take so, it. I told you there's something in the water in South Florida right now. You, you've got what Thursday opening day. And then you got Saturday final four with FAU in Miami. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for, for Miami. I am slightly afraid though, for that bad man in, in uh, New York. Max Scherzer could just end up He's crazy. dominating. He yeah. could have a great 100%. day. But then you hand it over to to who? Adovino? David Robertson, Drew yeah. Smith. David That's where the Marlins have to eat. That's you where they have to happen, eat. You guys see what happened to Montez de Oca? No. no. Elbow strain. Elbow right? surgery, I think. Oh, surgery? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just don't think the hard. human body is built to throw 102 with that kind of run. Like we see Jordan Hook, Hicks on the IL all the time. Obviously, DeGrom's on the IL all the time. Um all right, one seven oh eight first pitch, and this is crazy. Dylan Cease coming off of a Cy Young runner-up finish in Houston against Framber Valdez and the Astros. I want to watch every pitch of this game, and I mean, I I guess like 
If I were a betting man, it would be it would be the under through the first five, right? Like I think we're going into the seventh inning scoreless. Like these two are going to dude off each other. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I this is this is appointment television. Um I mean, I picked Cease to win the AL Cy Young. And honestly, one of the other names I was looking at value-wise was Framber Valdez. So these are two of probably my five favorite picks for Cy Young in the American League. And I I think that that Valdez is going to be a big test for some of these guys. My number one thing I want to watch though is, is how does Oscar Colas look? He's a guy that, that that really earned the job from what he did at the end of last year and what what he did in spring training. But how does he look for this lineup? And, and also just seeing a healthy White Sox team. Like we rarely get to see this whole lineup together. I'm excited to see what that looks like and and how long it lasts. And over the last couple of years, this White Sox lineup has fared well against left-handed pitching. Tim Anderson mashes lefties. Luis Robert can mash lefties when he's healthy. Obviously, you're missing Jose Abreu now. I guess that's the thing I'm watching. Jose Abreu in a different uniform is going to be really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And you got Eloy and you got Andrew Vaughn. You got a couple of righty mashers in that White Sox lineup. Uh, I love games like this, appointment television games, where the books got it completely right, according to the model at least. They make... Uh, the Astros are minus 145 favorite. They are currently minus 150 on BetMGM, and they make the total 7.2, and the over-under is 7. So they got it. You know, the books got it, and this is just going to be a game that you probably shouldn't bet at all because at least the model's showing no value. I agree with Jack's point, though. If you're going to you know, take a play, maybe look at the under with these great pitchers. But overall, this is just calling for a great game that's handicapped correctly. It's going to be a blast. Also, you got entirely rested bullpens, and we know that these yeah. two bullpens are some of the best in baseball. The White Sox are still a really good bullpen, even without Liam Hendricks. And, you know, I, I can just imagine Fromber for six, Montero for the seventh, Brian Abreu for the eighth, Presley for the ninth. I was good about night. to say that if the White Sox get, if the White Sox allow Framber to go six, maybe one or two earned, and then they go Montero, Abreu, Presley, the game's over. Game's over. When do you score? I don't know. Right. <laughs> you got to figure it out. Against Rikidi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like three days later. Like <laughs> I guess. I don't even know if they're gonna see her kitty, so I guess you won't. Um, yeah, really weird. All right, three more to go. These are all 10 o'clock-ish first pitches. 1007. The ball will leave Kyle Muller's left fingertips against the LA Angels. Shohei Otani gets the ball for the Angels. One of these pitchers is a lot better than the other. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope Otani can rise to the occasion and match Kyle Moeller. But um, no, I, I really do feel like this is a big test for Moeller, obviously, given how bad he was this spring. I like Kyle Moeller, the pitcher, like yeah. the, the, in the prospect. But like, man, he has looked rough this spring training. Now you get thrown into a situation where you got to face Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and a more fortified lineup around them. I am very intrigued to see how Kyle Moeller fares uh, in this in this matchup here. Real quick, Peter's been smirking the whole time, so I think he's going to tell us that there might be some sort of value on the Oakland Athletics. Not only is there value on the Athletics, the model <laughs> makes them a favorite. What? <laughs> Minus 109. No, favorite. no. Yeah, so if the Angels win tomorrow, eight to two, maybe you got to look at the model and say, well, it can't be the end all be all. But if the A's win, you should definitely keep looking at this model. Um, they love the under, like love the under. They make the total five and a half when it's at seven. They think Mueller's going to pitch really well against the Angels. I'm not saying it's going to happen, 
but considering the A's are plus 200 on the money line, they're giving them a 52% chance to win. The implied probability of a minus, of a plus 200 is around, you know, 40-ish percent. So they see uh, in this game the most value in any game on the A's money line. And Otani has had a history of going into Oakland and not performing like you might think. I'm not saying bet on the A's, but what I am saying is I wouldn't bet on the Angels. I think we need to put ballpark pal in rice. It's, it's yeah. something. <laughs> hey, don't don't knock it until the game happens. It's, of I know. course, it's Otani against the A's. Everyone should make money, and it's going to be amazing. But we know that's not how betting works. And but again, Angels could just crush them, and the model could be really liking Kyle Muller. They really like the under. So we'll that's see. wild. I really I like it. Kyle Muller, but I think the Angels are going to win this game, and that's my only analysis. There that's fair. That's fair. You're taking the better team. Good for you. Um, all right. How about Arizona and the Dodgers? Julio Rios gets the ball for LA. Zach Gallen gets the ball for Arizona. I mean, I would say that this is the late game to watch, although I'm saving the best for last. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm just I'm just excited to watch the youngsters in this game, right? You got you got uh, Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers, hopefully James Outman with the Dodgers. And then, uh, you know, on the, on the D back side, it's, it's Corbin Carroll, who I, I, I love to watch any chance I get. I was hoping Moreno would be healthy, but I don't think he'll be good to go, which is unfortunate, but there's plenty of other youngsters. So I think it'll be fun to watch out Thomas. Um, so I, I I'm, I'm just excited to watch the young players in this matchup. Uh, and then this pitching matchup is, is one of the better that you're going to see too, between gallon and Arias. So uh good balance of young talent, but I also want to see what this Dodgers lineup looks like, because I don't think we totally know how they're going to put it all together. Whether Outman's going to get the start. I think he's earned it. Um, but you know, there, there's going to be a little bit more information on the Dodgers. And I'm also just, I always love seeing prospects anytime I can at the big league level. Yeah. The bet MGM makes the Dodgers a minus 175 favorite. Um, but the model is making the Dodgers a minus 133 favorite. So there's technically some value there on the Diamondbacks, but the model still likes the Dodgers to win. I'm just really excited to see Zach Allen. I think he could turn in a Cy Young type season and maybe it starts here against the Dodgers. Um, but the total is at seven and a half on bet MGM and that's what they make the total. So not a ton of value on this game. Give me the Dodgers to, uh, ultimately win out in a lot of games like this when they got that bad man, Julio Arias on the mound. Yeah. I I'm curious to know what the Dodgers opening day lineup looks like, you know, wh- what outfielders are going to start. You know what I mean? I'm just, that's, curious. that's my big thing. Yeah. So Hayward goes three for three with three bombs. <laughs> the season's so hot. Like sign <laughs> me the so fuck sick. up. That'll be the best thing ever. Yes. Absolutely. I are we like a Jason Hayward truther pod now? Like if I want starts- that to be our guy. I I um, would love nothing more than for him to have a great season. It's him and Christian Yelich. Like those yeah. two guys, I am praying have a great season. You know, I'm with you on Yelich. I mean, uh, that's that's a guy I love to watch play. I got one more for you though. Somebody yeah. that that I think we need. I, I'm a truther now, um, and I mm. think I think we need to start to get this out there. Um, Forrest Whitley might be back. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Tell me why. Start. Yeah. I also like watched each of the different pitches. Saw the data on it. Um, the changeup is has always been elite. The fastball was jumping. He is a cutter at ninety to ninety two, and then this disgusting sweeping curve. He struck out Jordan Bregman, and I believe he struck out 
somebody else, like one of the other main guys, like the, he carved through the intra squad. I, I think he's back. It's, it's about health. I don't know if he stays healthy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gives them some good innings this year at the big league level. I can't believe I'm saying it. Like I'm floored. I, I was sitting in my bed, watching the video, looking at it, like what the fuck is happening? But I think it's happening. Good for him, man. That's awesome. All right. It tells you exactly who Aram is. Cause I was going to throw out Chris sale is another guy that I'm all the way in on bouncing back, but then I he just so. gave me Forrest Whitley. Like, <laughs> so our list is, <laughs> our list is Christian Yelich, Chris sale, Jason Hayward and Forrest Whitley. It's just a bunch of guys. We hope we're hoping. That's fine. 21 was uh, Freddie Peralta and we kind of nailed I'm, that one. Nailed it. I'm buying Whitley stock right now. You know who else was on that 2021 list with Freddie? Jonathan India. It was all right. Best for last Cleveland and Seattle, Shane Bieber and Luis Castillo at 10, 10 Eastern. I'm not going to miss a pitch of this one. Like I, I don't think that late inning drama from White Sox Astros would keep me from missing the first pitch from Luis Castillo against this guardians lineup. Yeah. Uh, the, the new, uh, nine figure man. And, uh, it's nine figures, right? I always, I always question that when I say it. Andre yeah. Semenes, yeah. yeah, the new nine-figure man and Andre Semenes. Uh, I, I, this Guardians lineup, I'm just excited to see, you know, how much better it can be with Josh Bell in there, and and you know, see if, if Will Brennan's getting consistent abs and and everything like that. Uh, the, the Tristan McKenzie blow really stinks, but uh, then then we got a, a new face, you know, with the Mariners and Teoscar, and I'm excited to see how he looks over there with them too. So uh, two lineups with some some underrated additions, and I'm excited to see. And and then you got two of the best duking it out. Like that's what's open. That's what it's all about here with opening day. Yeah. This is uh besides white Sox uh, versus Astros. I think this is my favorite game on the board. Um, the model is showing that the Mariners should be minus minus one thirty five instead of minus minus one fifteen, which they are on bet MGM. So they're giving the Mariners a better shot to win this one. Um, and they think the total is pretty spot on. They have it at six and a half and the posted total is six and a half. I lean towards the under. I think these two guys are going to shove, especially at T-Mobile, which is a big pitcher's park, and the weather is supposed to be pretty cold down there in Seattle. I think both these guys are going to turn in excellent outings. Then both excellent bullpens are going to come in after. Uh, The model has the uh, Mariners winning 3.6, 3.17. I think the Mariners end up winning 3-2 in a really good game. Cool. Yeah, I, I think this environment is going to be crazy. And I think the Mariners fans are finally ready to have a team that looks like they are, you know, a postseason likelihood instead of a postseason hopeful like they were last year. And it was a surprise in 21. So I think that this is the first time in a long time that Mariners fans can actually look at this team and say, we can be really, really good. And I think that means sellout and loud. 10th man, forget the 12th man. You got the 10th man. I, yeah. I, I actually do think it's going to be some of the better environments we've seen in Seattle. And I, I like Seattle to win this one too. Happy opening day, people. The last thing I think we should do because we didn't do it on our division previews and we didn't do it on over-unders. We haven't picked a World Series champion, uh, which I think is a fun thing to do at the beginning of the season. 
Um, I'll start. I like the uh, Mariners taking on the Braves. I think this is the Mariners year. Um, I think they have no real fundamental weaknesses. You could say Jared Kelnick, but he's had a great spring training. And then, of course, if he falters, then you have A.J. Pollock to sub in for him. I love the pitching staff. I love the bullpen. And I think the Mariners were really close last year against the Astros. And I think they get over the hill this year and end up making the World Series and facing off against the Braves, who I think has the most complete team in all of Major League Baseball. Um, they're always in it and I think they're going to win the division and I have the Mariners ultimately beating the Atlanta Braves, the underdog story. Um, give me the Mariners to win their first world series ever. That would be sick. I'd, I'd be so in on that. What's your um, world series prediction on? I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, I'm going to, I think, dude, honestly, I think the Astros repeat for, it would be the first time. Anybody repeats since the Yankees in 2000, right? Would that be what it was? 99 uh, and 2000. Yeah. 99 and 2000. Uh, I think we're going to get – to me, there's just very clear cut. I think the Astros are are going to find a way to be the best team, especially when Altuve get, comes back and probably make a move or two. Uh, and then I find it really tough to, to find a team in the National League that is better than the Atlanta Braves. Um, so it might be like a kind of a square pick, but I think it's Braves Astros. I just think they're far and away better than, than a lot of these other teams and, and have a lot more going for them depth wise. And um, again, if the Braves are are struggling at shortstop, they'll, they'll trade for a guy. They've got so much pitching depth. They can go move Grissom in a package to get a more established shortstop. So uh, I think Braves Astros, these front offices are fantastic and, and the teams are great. Who knows? Maybe if the Brewers struggle initially, that Willie Damas could be a. Uh, oh, then it's GGs. It's over. It's over. It's a wrap. Just an idea. Just an idea. Might not happen, but just an idea. Uh, other one, or I guess mine. Um, I guess I'm going kind of off the, you know, set path in the National League because you guys both just went Atlanta, San Diego coming out of the National League. Uh, I think that there might be a direct correlation between spending a lot of money on stars and winning this year. I, I there, think there tends to be. Yeah, so I think that that rotation, especially in the postseason, might show up. Like a Musgrove, Darvish, Snell front three is going to be really hard to beat. I think they have back-end bullpen talent, and obviously star power drives the narrative in the postseason. So I will go San Diego and Houston matching up in the World Series, and I just think Houston's the best team in baseball, so I go the Astros. And Prowler has a new trade chip, Ethan Sala, 16-year-old, yes. who's been turning it up on the backfield. Uh, a lot of teams would be lining up for his services. Um, between him, Jackson Merrill, Samuel Zavala, all of a sudden they've got two top 100 guys, another guy knocking on the door. Like They've got enough to make a move, and Prowler will probably do it. A hundred percent. And Arm, are you taking the Astros over the Braves or Braves over Astros? I might have. I'm taking that. Astros over the Braves. I think they repeat for the first time since the Yankees in 2000. Let's go. It's going to be a fun season, guys. Can't wait. I'm Happy opening there. day. Happy opening day, everybody. And make sure to get your Just Baseball merch in time for opening day. That link is in our episode description. Definitely make sure to use uh, BetMGM for all of your bets for the 2023 MLB season. And something really exciting that we are launching is the Not Gambling Advice betting stream, which will be on opening day from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. So maybe while you're listening to this, uh, the link on Twitch is at just baseball fans. Um, that's going to be a blast. Welcome on Aram Colby. Um, Thomas Romo, our new Astros writer is going to be a contributor on that as well. And a slew of other um, contributors on Twitter, action network, uh, book it with sports, tons of other gambling companies. We're going to be competing. The winner gets world series tickets. Uh, so make sure to tune in 
um, to that betting stream, yeah. as well as all the other podcasts on the Just Baseball Network. Arm, you got something? Yeah, these betting guys are going to be in shambles when when my square my square betting ass beats them. Also, if I win, the World Series tickets will just go to just baseball show listener or something. So so root for me, please. I, like I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to units, but I'm going to cook these fools. So if Arm wins, he's giving away his World Series tickets to one of the listeners of the Just Baseball Show. If I win, I'm giving it away to one of the subscribers to the Just or Not Gambling Advice betting stream on Twitch. Check out all the other podcasts here on the Just Baseball Network through the link tree and definitely make sure to download the free app. So rare. Play fantasy baseball with us all year long. I think it's almost better than making an enormous league with too many people. How about we just all download an app and compete week by week? Sounds like a blast. That's in the episode description. Happy opening day, everybody. With that, thank you, everybody.